0: What's up, podcast listeners? This is Dr. Bailey, your host of Advance Your Health. Episode number seven is very special. On the line, I've got a doc who we went to school together. Um, We've been good friends ever since, and I've just learned a lot from him over the years. He is in Europe, so I do apologize for the delay and the possible uh, rough connection this ride, but uh, stay on the line. It's going to be well worth it. Things that we've talked about over the years have been amazing. And so kind of one of the inspirations for doing podcasts like Adventure Health is just going back to when he and I, Dr. Toulon is on the line, but uh, he and I used to have a lot of in-depth conversations at lunch after our adjustments. And, you know, we're just kind of catching up. Uh, these are old friends that haven't talked in a while. So, but uh, Dr. Toulon, say hello to our listeners.
1: Hello, listeners. This is uh, Adam Toulon, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be
0: here. So Dr. Toulon um, got into chiropractic a little before me, but uh, he had uh, an opportunity to work with some pretty high-end athletes. So, hey, Doc, why don't you go into a little bit of your background before you got into chiropractic school and the, and the kind of people you were working with and that you still continue to work with.
1: So I started out, I grew up in New York City. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, running around the streets of New York, you know, on, on the playground I spent most of my days. But I uh, <laughs> got into gymnastics, uh when I was a teenager in high school. So I got into uh, an opportunity to be a part of a sport that um, tested my physical attributes on a daily basis. Plus riddled me with injuries along the way. So you kind of learn about your body through trial and error in that model of execution. You know, we 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 don't learn K through 12, hey, here's your body, here's how it's supposed to work. So you learn through trial and error. And along the way going through athletic training rooms in college trying to keep us together, studying athletic training, studying exercise physiology, biomechanics, learning how to take care of these sports injuries for other athletes. Um, I was in graduate school in uh, Virginia at Bradford University. I worked as a uh, graduate assistant in the athletic training department. So I coached the women's gymnastics team and the men's gymnastics team there. And I worked with the women's basketball team just for a short time. Uh, just you had to get your hours working with other other, other sports. Um, but it was a good time, and and I learned a lot. And then I was involved in a, uh, a bad car accident in Seattle when I started seeing a chiropractor. Got me involved with uh, learning about what chiropractic is, what it wasn't, what the ideas I thought it was. <laughs> I don't want to go to a voodoo doctor. Or I don't want to go to a back doctor. But hurt my neck, I hurt my back, and I ended up uh, seeing a chiropractor. Um, about 30 days into... Getting adjusted in my neck and back weren't really much better, but my allergies went away. I was able to wake up in the morning and breathe, and I didn't have to take any medication, anything, any nose spray, any Benadryl, and I was like, this is weird. This has never been my life. And the chiropractor said, yeah, we're improving function. I was like, nah, that's baloney. And I had to go back to the library and start looking into the immune system and nervous system and how the spine is related, and it said, that's cool. I was pissed nobody ever told me this i lived the first 20 plus years of my life having to take medication every day um got to chiropractic school and met a whole bunch of great guys uh learned a lot from a lot of people uh you know when you get to chiropractic school you have this idea of what you think it is and along the way you get uh, teachers you get other students you get other speakers and inspire you to think a different way And it's kind of cool because like university did provide um, a lot of opportunity to hear from many different experts in many different schools of thought, whether it was purely philosophical, whether it was really uh, scientific research-based, whether it was the bridge that everyone's been trying to build between the two, because I think they work uh, together. You can't have one without the other. Um, one doesn't exist without the other. So uh, it was really great. And one of the things I really enjoyed about a lot of our time is you were one of the few individuals who could have an intelligent, scientific conversation, and you can also have a philosophical conversation. And the lines between philosophy and science never got blurred. They, they weren't in conflict with each other. There was an understanding that if this is a question that has no answer, and we're trying to discuss what are the possibilities, it remained a philosophical question. And it was open to any, anyone's ideas that had any logical reason behind it. Then there was a the scientific question. Well, this has been proven. This is science. It's no longer a philosophical debate. You can say, I don't believe in, oh, sorry. <laughs> you can say, I don't believe that, but that doesn't matter. I don't believe in gravity. Yeah, but it still exists. It doesn't need your belief for it to continue to occur for everybody else. Um, and one of the challenges in any any educational process, you get to schools of thought. One of the schools of thought that I found very unique was the neurological approach to um, just humanity, and in our case it was functional neurology, chiropractic neurology, whatever you want to call it, it was an expanded education, an expanded understanding of how powerful the nervous system is with influencing all things of humanity, uh, the way we live, the way we love, the way we learn, um, the way we perceive, interpret, and then eventually respond to our ever-changing outside and inside worlds. That can be a philosophical conversation, that can be a scientific conversation. We have the science that lays it all out and says, hey, if your system is doing this, that's good. If your system is not doing this, that means um, we have to identify why. Is it out of balance? Is it being interfered with? Has it been injured? Is there something you can do to help improve that system's function, which will have an overall betterment for the organism? And then overall, have uh, an opportunity for that individual to enjoy more about their life, whether it's living, loving, or learning, however they choose to live their life. And you, you, uh, Bobby Bacon, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Duro, you guys are living the dream. You're you're walking the walk. You're talking the talk. And you're having the conversations with people um, who are looking for the answers to the questions they never knew they really wanted to ask. Um, you know, why do I, why can't I sleep right? Well, it's always been like this, so I guess it's just the way it is. Why does my back hurt? Well, my mom's back hurt, my dad's back dad hurt, probably genetic. My kid's backs are probably going to hurt. Oh, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, she, she this every day. I see this every day. And when I ended up, um, going back to teach at Life University, I was given the opportunity to really dive deep into neurology. Um, I got the opportunity to work with the Carrick Institute very heavily with the, the development of the neurological program at Life University, which brought all this magical stuff that went out into the world, It's is kind of cool, helping people that otherwise were not getting help in the numbers that need the help. Um, specifically, and if, if you've had a few other people on, I'm sure, that worked with uh, the Carrick Institute or the neurological model. Um, to um, in that direction like with concussions, uh, post concussion care. Kind of a big deal over here because there's so few people doing it. I've been given the opportunity to work in a practice that was built up as a functional neuro practice by Dr. Roland Blau. Uh he built the practice here for about thirty five years. Um, unfortunately about three years ago uh Brother Blue um, came down with cancer and, and passed away very quickly. Uh, but right before he passed away, he, he asked me if I would come over here and, and take over for seeing the patients. And um, it, was a, it was a big deal to go over that big pond um, to a place that just lost its leader, that had been there for 35 years. And um, because of what he did, the reputation he built for his practice and why people shot out care at that's Blau, they call it Praxis Blau, um and they didn't come like oh i'm here to shoot roland he's not here okay goodbye they said we've been told that if you have a problem that people can't help you with go so to practice loud so he did a really good job of practice uh, practice building um and if it wasn't for the, um, the great job he did the great care he gave people for decades um they wouldn't continue to come in to see the crazy american who comes in which is their language <laughs> Uh, but, uh, it, it's been a wonderful opportunity, a great experience. Um, it's, it's given me challenges as, as it would to move to any country where you don't speak the language. Um, but that just exercises my brain in ways I probably never would have if I had stayed in the United States. Um, so I, I do see a lot of brain injured patients, uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, post stroke, the, the typical brain patients that key functional neurologists. Um, but, uh, seeing, uh, post concussion, concussion patients, uh, multiple concussions, you know, chronic uh, traumatic encephalopathy, the CTEs that you see with footballers and American footballers and rugby players and hockey players. Um, if you do a sport with contact, you're gonna get a concussion. And if you're doing it for any period of time for years or decades, you have had multiple concussions. Playing basketball, you're gonna hit your head on the ground. You're gonna hit your head into another player and. These things happen over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, But because there's no cut, there's no blood, the the symptoms seem to be not that bad in the beginning. The general understanding of what occurs when you have these injuries to your brain, it's getting better, it's getting so much better. But um, like I said, I'm happy to be a part of of a place that this is where people know to go. So um, I'm, I'm able to guide them and point them in the right direction building relationships with other practitioners that are going, hey, there's got to be something better than hey, that's as good as it's going to get. You're going to have to learn to live with it. That's To me, that's and I know for you, any patient that comes in you probably heard this, well, a doctor said, I just have to learn to live with it. Nothing you can do. Can't find anything wrong with it. must be in my head. Um, for me, I deal with the brain. Hey, it might be in your head. That's where the problem might be. There might be an imbalance going on there. You may have had an injury that the connecting parts between different areas of the brain are not working as well as they used to. Maybe there's something you can do to help improve that. Maybe it's not that difficult to make these changes if you could identify where is uh, the need. Out of balance, uh, instability, not getting enough substrate, uh, overburden, um, or struggling with toxic elimination for years of abuse. (laughs) Um, years of trauma, uh, emotional abuse, emotional trauma, stress on the job, driving in Atlanta traffic every day, every week, for years. Uh, I mean, men coming home to a uh, screaming kids and, uh, you know, you're you're by yourself and no one's helping you. Uh, you have some financial worries. This just drives the brain in ways where it gets tired. It's like working with your muscles too hard you eventually have a moment of instability when you need stability and that's the breaking point. And you go to sleep and you wake up, and you go, I can't wait for that. Um, Or now I woke up and now I'm dizzy. Or I woke up and I've got migraines now. I've never had migraines. Why do I all of a sudden have migraines? Uh, It's really interesting how these uh, symptoms present over time and because they present over time. I think you and I had this conversation one time. Because they present over time, it must be part of the natural process of aging uh, uh when you look at a cervical x-ray yeah you've got osteoarthritis but that's typical for your age um okay so this bone's older than all the other bones around it that aren't looking like that okay thank you doctor that makes sense uh it's the same thing happens with the brain but because you don't see it on an x-ray you don't see degeneration but we see you see all of us see it uh the degeneration in the person's ability to function at their best over time, nobody gets healthier, or nobody becomes a better athlete accidentally. It doesn't happen, well, I'll just wait and see if I get better, let's just see if that happens. Um, But we do know that if you identify where you are, and you have a goal of where you wanna go, and you make make good choices on how you're gonna get there, and you monitor and manage your progress along the way, you're um, well, probably going to have a pretty good chance of success of improving your current situation, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's uh, your health. Um, but that, that's just a you know, unified theory. <laughs> what the hell do I know?
0: <laughs> you know a lot more than I do. So, uh, you know, it's cool. we it's,
1: uh, say a lot more than most people. That's all that
0: is. <laughs> yeah. D- 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 Dara, want me to tell you that uh, brevity is simplicity. So, um, no, man, we, um, you mentioned a couple things that I want to kind of dive into a little bit more. Dr. Tulone is, is more in the functional, uh, neurology side of, of chiropractic. So there's chiropractors out there that are what we would consider more kind of mechanistic and, uh, just treating joints that are out of motion, restoring motion. Um, some people do corrective care, uh, improving, uh, the curvature of the spine, um, just the functionality of the spine more so than just, Uh, simple back pain whereas at at the hierarchy a functional neurologist is looking at overall function of how the nervous system perceives and adapts to the environment it's in so when you you kind of talked about this uh, a moment ago is you live through your nervous system your life expression and and how you interpret your life is through your senses your special senses how you react to your day-to-day life stress finance worry job whatever is an outward expression. So the nervous system kind of senses and then it has a motor side. So there's gotta be a connection and that connection happens in the brain. So the brain is is kind of where things are processed. And like Dr. Tulone's saying is, those systems can fatigue no different than your hip joint can fatigue and wear out and degenerate. And if you're not activating your hip joint uh, properly, correctly in restoring motion to it, then it's gonna wear out uh, prematurely. Well, think about your brain isn't necessarily a joint, but it kind of it plays by the same rules. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's a general concept. Most people would understand. And your brain, we get in these like patterns um, of what we call habits or habitual living. You go the same way to work. You have the same routines in the morning and the afternoon. And if you don't use your brain in different ways, for example, Uh, I know a lot of people like to do puzzles and games and things like that. And there's apps you can download on your phone now that are kind of brain teasers and just get your brain thinking. So that's the idea that you're firing off different nerves in your brain that activate certain pathways. And pathways would be um, a neural connection to something, whether it's an organ, a muscle, uh, an activity, a thought, whatever. But, you know, think about your brain in a sense that if you're not using it in different ways or challenging your body, then it can wear out fatigue and and present with a whole host of neurological symptoms that most medical doctors can't prescribe a drug for. No different than in chiropractic, you can't walk into an orthopedist or your general practitioner and get a pill that's going to put your spine back in alignment and back in motion. Um, I ask that question of every new patient. Okay, here's the problem. So what medication are you taking that's going to fix that? None. And the answer is always the same. But with your brain, with functional neurology, they have ways to assess. Um, obviously, you can't x-ray the brain. I mean, there might be a functional MRI scan you could run for you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But these guys are trained, um, just like with Dr. Missy, we were talking about this head traumas and concussions. They know exactly what to measure, what to look for, and really how to assess where you're at function-wise. And it's not just how you feel. I mean, because these people, like he was saying, are feeling normal for years. And all of a sudden, five years after that, that car accident, they wake up one day and they think it was what they did last night. You know, we have this idea of Western medicine is, is so bad at this. I hate this. Shit. They 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 almost look like there's got to be a cause yesterday. And what happened 20 years ago doesn't matter. Holy shit! you rolled your car over seven times. And that was when you were 16. Your brain got rattled, maybe 16 years of degenerative processes in your brain. Um, That never healed correctly no different than that elbow you broke that you never saw an orthopedist for and it's crooked Um, You know your brain can happen in those same ways regarding injury. So the cool thing about dr. Toulon is He's highly trained. So obviously if you're listening and you're not in Amsterdam It's tough to get to him but the Carrick Institute's got a lot of great docs around the world around the country around the uh, state and And um, so
1: does a lot more um uh, functional uh, practitioners, functional medicine, uh, functional fitness, functional performance uh, practitioners. Um, I mean, everything. Everything you're talking about. I mean, when you were saying, you know, the brain is it's not a joint, but it does have the same uh, properties as far as it can break down. If you if you um, don't use it, you lose it. And the other side of the coin, you abuse it and you lose it. Um, and that's just the the nature of, uh, of the universe. You know, we've got. Uh, Things are going to be moving towards a state of chaos and decay unless you do something to um, slow that process down. Uh, that, again, that, that's a universal truth, entropy, you know? <laughs> um, but the brain is the first thing that forms. Your nervous system is the first thing that forms. And if it doesn't do that right, nothing else is formed the right way. So therefore, how could you not take a look at the brain and say you know what maybe the master computer if your mouse doesn't work right don't throw out the mouse and put another mouse on you're like okay so where are all the things that could go wrong with the mouse yes it could be a peripheral it could be a cord problem you know from going from the computer to the actual mouse so that's a peripheral nerve problem it could be an end organ problem there's a problem with the laser light in the mouse or, or the little clicky thing in the mouse, or it's a problem at the connection where it leaves your laptop Okay, still not the brain, but we're getting closer, okay? If maybe it's the USB port, okay? Maybe it's the card. maybe it's the CPU, maybe it's the software got corrupted, okay? So, um, yeah, we're different than computers, but if, if people really understood why we have computers, it's based off the human brain computational system. Sony SteadyCam is built off the human vestibular ocular system, which is why we're able to keep the world steady when we're running or walking or walking or driving in a car um, or else we'd all be nauseous and sick because the world is shaking all the time so we are learning to understand how we work and it gives us technology but there's this forgetful separation of we function that way or things function that way because we make them we're human so we make things in our image, all right, in our understanding of self or how to make our lives easier okay and we only understand the universe as a human because that's the only way we can understand the universe because that's what most of us are okay <laughs> i mean I, I haven't checked everyone out but i'm i'm just going to say from a generality uh the majority of people on the planet are likely human of uh, earth born, okay <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Thank you. You know, I want to talk for a moment. You're overseas, over the pond, as we say. Um, Let's dive into this a little bit, because I haven't really had a chance to catch up with you since you've been a full-time resident in Amsterdam. So you've always been a healthy individual, and that's one of the reasons that I think we're uh, friends for so long, is because we have the same ideologies that we've got to move well, we got to eat well, we got to think well, you know, in, in that kind of general philosophy. So Having lived in the States in the majority of your life, and you've traveled abroad, I think you're probably one of the more traveled people that I know, but now that you live in Europe, what's the healthcare culture? Not necessarily from the healthcare, universal healthcare perspective, but like the individual person. Um, You know, We notice a lot of obesity rates going up in this country. Um, I'm noticing at the grocery store, a lot more people are larger and larger, uh, children included in that uh, generalization and observation. But do you, do you feel like over there the the health or the the care of the individual is different, like as far as how people eat, move, and think?
1: Well, yes, I, I would say absolutely. Um, I wouldn't agree with all of their dietary habits, uh, but they're built into the culture. Um, so like their breakfast is usually some type of yogurt with fruit or usually you know granola or something like that. But then they also have like bread with some chocolate spread like Nutella and then sprinkles, it's called Hagoslav. Uh Basically, it's, 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 it's a, how would I say it? A deconstructed Pop-Tart, so to speak, <laughs> uh, you know? Um, and that's, that's just normal. They eat an enormous amount of bread, uh, but uh, I've never seen as good bread. Everything's fresh baked. Um, I, I think that from a cultural standpoint, farm to table is just, they don't understand, of course it goes from the farm to the table. How would it happen any other way? Um, Now, the Netherlands is also very, very unique. The longer I'm here, the more I I fall in love with the country, uh, its culture, its history. It's a very small country, very small country, uh, 17 and a half million people. Um, It has uh, one of the larger populations and it's one of the smallest countries in the Netherlands. Um, they have technologies so that they can reclaim land from the sea. Amsterdam didn't exist until they moved the water out of the way and built Amsterdam. Uh, most, a lot of people don't know that. Utrecht is a city right in the middle of landlocked. It used to be the most, um, uh, busiest seaport in the Netherlands. So, I mean, uh, if you ever get an opportunity to go online and look at the ram- uh, land reclamation from the Netherlands, uh, I think they did it in the 1700s. Six, um, and it's pretty cool because that technology then is going to be valuable going forward as uh, shoes rise, like uh, what we have in New Orleans, which is you know it's it's below sea level, so it relies on technology to maintain the city. Chicago was another one, um, the coastal line of Florida. Without getting into uh, you know what's going on in the environment, but you know the reality is seas are going up. They they may go down again. I don't know. But right now they're going up and that can wipe out land. So there's technology. The way that part of the culture here is agriculture. So they need they don't have a lot of land, so they need to take care of their land. So like there's water everywhere. Irrigation here is great. So everybody's eating fresh fruits and fresh fruits and vegetables all year round. And the refrigerators are really small. So you go to the market every other day and you pick up fresh food. Um, they don't put a lot of preservatives in their food because people don't put stuff on a shelf for a while. Everything's made fresh, so less things are wasted. Um, so that's one. They smoke a lot more, but I mean, you know, you're in Georgia. People still smoke a lot, but I, when we started chiropractic school together, people smoked a lot more than they do now, in my opinion. When, just watching over about 13, 15 years or something like that in Atlanta. Um, Watching it from you can smoke everywhere to you can't smoke in bars, you can't smoke in restaurants, Um, and then people just started smoking less, and I was like that's cool. And I guess I'm not really seeing that less over here. (laughs) But 90% plus of the population in the Netherlands walks and rides a bicycle anywhere from 10 to 30 kilometers a day, not for exercise. That's just their everyday. They're constantly on a bicycle. The infrastructure here is very old for a bicycle culture because there's no hills, there's no mountains, everything's flat, and you have a network of bicycle highways and roadways that are dedicated to bicycles for the entire country. So you create something, you have parking places for bikes, you have smart locking systems, So everyone's on a bicycle. Can you imagine what would happen to the obesity rate in let's just say Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Florida, if 80% to 90% of everybody rode a bicycle from their house to the bank, to the supermarket, to do their grocery shopping, to work every day, not drive a car, not one person in a car, uh, uh, during rush hour, so you have massive traffic, which leads to lots of stress and frustration and a waste of a very, very precious commodity time that is not being used to better yourself. Now you have these bicycle highways where, I, I, if you ever get a chance, again, check online, um, uh, check a YouTube search for rush hour, bicycle rush hour Amsterdam. And just, you, I, I, and you will be shocked when you see the, the the utter volume of bicycles that are just like hundreds and hundreds of bicycles going in all directions, stopping for lights, cars go, and then hundreds of bicycles going. And people in shoes carrying um uh, briefcases, people reading books on the bicycle, smoking cigarettes, and riding a bicycle. Um it, it's a, it's kind of a um a wacky wild thing for us uh um Americana-Americans, where all we know is America, you know? And it's not one is better than the other, they're just different. And when you see this stuff and it's so culturally different, it's like, wow. First time I went to a bar when I moved here, um, when I lived in Harlem, outside of Amsterdam. You go, I walked to the bar, it was like two blocks away, but I guess people drive, uh, you know, usually you drive to a bar, you take a cab, whatever, but just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bicycles all parked outside the bar. I mean, I, I, you hear the words, that you can't imagine when you look and you just see a sea of, of bicycles. Um, and that's how they got there, and they're going to drink, and that's how they're going to get home. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Even, even in a drunken stupor, they're exercising on their way home on their bicycle. Um, so so that's their, that's their thing, okay? They eat a lot of cheese and dairy products. Um, they eat a lot of potatoes. Uh, they eat a lot of uh, kale, uh, spinach, uh, broccoli. Like I said, they're 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 an agricultural country, so they eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, none of their food has hormones and antibiotics in it. They eat a lot of lamb, uh, goat, uh, even horse. But you can I had kangaroo in Harlem, and it was delicious. So I mean, really, it, the Netherlands is really this little gem that nobody knows about. And they don't care that nobody knows about it. They're like, That's fine. We're just going to keep doing what we do. Um, we're good. They're good. The seas can rise at like 10 feet. And the Jets will be like, yeah, we got it. We'll figure it out. No problem. We'll just create hydropower. We'll be fine. We've got solar and wind. So everybody recycles. And it's not because save the environment. We have a small space. If nobody takes care of the space, the space becomes a horrible space to live. It's also socialized. Um, it's a socialized society. Meaning uh, in a different type of socialism, without getting into a political conversation, because I know that that can be charged in in, in, in any forum, especially nowadays. Um, but for me, over here, it's been this: uh, socialism over here is we've created a social agreement. The government says, "What do you want? We want this, this, and this. Okay, but it's going to cost this, and you're going to have to pay this in taxes. Okay, we're in agreement. Great. Then we're going to make it happen. So the public transportation system says. The bicycle, uh, road, and highway system out here is fantastic. Um, if you want a car, well, there's not a lot of room for parking, so parking is going to be expensive. Taxes to keep the roads um, clean and healthy so we can reduce the number of car accidents, you have to pay higher road taxes. You want to own a car? Great. Anybody can own a car. It's fantastic. But if you want to buy a big uh, you know, Hummer SUV, great. You pay extra tax on the weight of your vehicle. There's really no reason to have a Hummer in the Netherlands. There are no hills, there's no hills. Like maybe a speed bump, okay? (laughs) And I say maybe a speed bump. So there's no need for these big, crazy, stupid vehicles like you would see in Florida, okay? No offense to Florida, my family lives there. (laughs) God bless the people of Florida. Anyway, there's no reason to have like a giant jacked up um, gas guzzling vehicle it's done for a different purpose and that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> um, but the reality is over here that people live more simply um, work 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 money 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 is not the driving force um, the education system is different so if you're not the academic um, academically gifted individual that, that, that must go to college or else you won't get a job you start training young uh, I think second year in high school, they're like, hey, listen, here's your test scores. You have an option. You can go that route, but you can also go learn a trade. So they train for two years and then they get out of school and they, they're like, I'm an electrician. I'm a, I'm a plumber. Uh, I'm a ditch digger. I'm a farmer. Uh, I'm a skipper on a boat, you know, and I'm a truck driver or whatever it is. And they got a job. And with a the job, they've got security. And with, with those things, they don't have to worry about health care. They don't have to worry about student loans. They don't have to worry about credit card debt. A whole other thing. Think about the stress that caused people to have these chronic conditions. It's the stress on their finances, which stresses their relationships. So that's compounded stress. Now, they're working, uh, what, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Maybe, if you're lucky, one of the lucky ones, you get two weeks a year vacation. Uh, And uh, maybe you get health care, but if not, you have to spend a lot. And even though you have health insurance, doesn't necessarily mean you now have time, money, or effort to go actually create health in your life. You don't have to rely on crisis intervention, like going to the gym, going to a patient, going to a market and buying healthy organic food, Um, having the time to read a book on how to get healthy, or go to a lecture. Or, or, I mean, obviously, you can find ways of squeezing this in, but why do we have to squeeze it in? If it's a priority, you should be able to find a place to go to the gym. You should find time in your, in your day and or week to just, you know, look at a tree and say, thanks for the oxygen. Uh, give it a hug, if you will. Um, uh, go and hang out with your friends, not because you need an escape, because you want to celebrate your bond with them, and it's not about, I need to be with you now because I'm stressed at work. And instead of using your friends therapeutically, um, or using um, exercise therapeutically uh, just to get out of your headspace, you know this, you say this all the time, you know, you can either be preventing something negative or you can be pursuing something positive. Either way, you might be doing the same thing, but where your intention goes, that's where your results will lie. Um, I don't want to get heart disease, so I'm going to go running every day. Where's your focus? Heart disease. Yeah, okay, exactly. I want to get healthy. I'm going to go running every day. Okay, cool. That, what's where, Where's your intention on getting healthy every day? So your brain and your body is now going to resonate with a, an intention of uh, pursuing the positive instead of the intention and energy going towards avoiding the negative. Which one is more stressful? Physically, exactly the same. But I would I would dare to say bioenergetically, they probably are different if we had a way of measuring it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And the cool thing that <clears throat> you really went into with that uh, uh, description of, of the culture is that it's simplifying, simplifying your life. Mind. Yeah, simplifying the life, but that also means to take less steps for the same outcome um, if you're riding a bike every day, and that's exercise, which is something I enjoy, you had me at bicycle. Um, I've been riding my bike way more than uh, ever in my life. and you know at 40, that's become more of a not necessarily to skate, but just something I enjoy and having fun. And when you're in a, an environment that encourages that, like you said, the fridges are smaller, so you're thinking more, just simplifying your meal choices and not buying you know hundreds of dollars in groceries of processed food that are going to sit in the pantry but you know what i've been hearing from these last few minutes of your conversation is the country as a whole it's become a lifestyle and and not the kind of the uh, it's to me in 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 the us now it's still you almost consider it a condition when people are i'm going to use air quotes uh, that you're obsessed about your health. You're you're always eating healthy. You're always exercising. Well, it's just part of my no, my, my there's something Go wrong ahead. with you because you are choosing to pursue a healthier tomorrow. Uh,
1: and 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 it's a de-healthifying of the American people. Um, it, you remember the TV show Friends? Yes. Um, there was one guy on that show that had a uh, advanced education. Uh, And that was Ross. He was a paleontologist. People can laugh, oh, it's not a real doctor. You're right. He's not saying, you know, turn your head and cough. Absolutely. But to get a PhD in anything is a lot of education. You're educated about history, philosophy, science. A paleontologist is an educated individual. Yet, if you ever watched that show, and it was hilarious when we watched it. I look back on it now, and it was the dumbing down of America. They made Ross feel like an idiot for knowing stuff. He was the smart guy, and they made fun of him because he knew stuff. Somebody who says, "Why are you always being healthy? You're always doing that." Like you're doing something that's annoying them, and then maybe it is. It's threatening their way of life. Saying, "Man, you working out are making me feel bad because I'm not." So it's your fault that I feel bad.
0: Yeah. For you. Okay? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. <laughs> uh, we we were talking. Uh, Doctor Missy and I had a recent podcast. And she was describing herself as the weird one running down the hallway uh, at 5.30 in the morning doing sprints because she was getting ready to jump on a plane. But just the idea is she made time on a regular basis, um, even with travel and, and jumping on planes every single day. But she was like, my exercise was a priority and eating healthy, any which we, we could uh, incorporate that even at an airport or at a hotel or at a bar or something like that. But you know, the cool thing about What you're describing in in Amsterdam there is it's it's like the the national culture is to just live this way because that's the norm and I think for us to make changes here in the U.S. and we're going to start small because advanced your health is is the 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 channel for that if you're listening um, you're welcome because uh, these are these are doctors that have advanced education that are uh, world travelers the people I'm bringing to you on these podcasts they know what they're talking about you know I don't want to just be the only voice on this channel because I want you to overhear conversations that I get to have as a privilege with just people I've surrounded myself with in my life. And that's another point uh, I want to make. You've got to surround yourself with the right people. If people don't encourage you being healthier and living a better you or a better life, then find new friends, get your circle different. You know what I mean? Kick people out if you have to. And unfortunately over the years, I've had to do that. Um, Yeah. That's why Adam's, that's why Adams or, in Amsterdam I kicked him
1: out or you could be the inspiration for those people to help them um, see there is another way like wow hey hey Bob why, you always have so much energy what is it that you've been doing you know Steve it's great that you asked um, I started getting up 20 minutes earlier in the morning just so I had 20 minutes to do breathing exercises light stretching some people might even call it yoga and it's really made a difference in how I get through the day. I sleep better. I have better digestion. And I'm not even trying to lose weight. And it seems like weight's coming off. Why? You're better. You're breathing better. You reduce the amount of stress your body has to deal with all day long. When you go to bed, if your body hasn't managed to stress appropriately, you take that chakra to bed with you. And then the next day, it's still there. And then you add to it and you add to it. And, you know, when I say stress, stress is anything that um, goes beyond your capacity limits to manage in the moment. You may have to compensate for it until you have more time, um, energy, uh, or to say it another way, time and or resources to correct it, manage it, So she a chiropractor so that they can put you back on the right direction uh, with a good correction, you know, the direction That's of correction.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. You know, it's uh, super, super fun to hang out with uh, friends like Dr. Toulon. We um, we could take this podcast for probably another two or three hours, but I won't bore you.
1: Um, um, we had an opportunity to stop talking until somebody else said, you guys breathe? It breathe a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, just for those listeners, um, I've got a cup of coffee. I think Dr. Toulon's got a cup of coffee. And uh, mm-hmm.
1: Cup of coffee, now I'm having a, a matching cup of water. Which is what I recommend with my patients. Coffee is again part of the culture over here. Um I don't know if you remember this. I did not drink coffee until I moved to the Netherlands. And uh I had some friends over the house and I said, Can I get you something to drink? Like, hey, if I came to your house, you're like, What can I get you to drink? Or you or if I was at your house, you're like, You know where it is <laughs> Um, so grab a beer, make a cocktail because that's what we're getting together. We're gonna you know, just sit around, shoot, the shit, um, and uh, have a good time. Well, they come to the house, and I can I get you something to drink? Yes, I'd love a cup of coffee. And I go, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink coffee. And they looked at me like I just slapped their mama. And so I, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I don't have I don't have coffee. It's a big part of their culture. Um, and I, again, you know, you look at any uh, any place, there's these cultural things. So I bought a coffee maker, and I started having espressos and a cappuccino and. Now I have at least one a day, but um, they drink a lot. And I tell them, I go, coffee's not water. So if you're going to drink coffee, then another glass of water with it. That's all that's it. That's it. You're going to have to go to the bathroom after drinking coffee anyway. Might as well have something to flush it all out.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's always a pleasure uh, hanging out with you, and uh, I do miss our time at the Falafel Cafe. And uh, Bob and I will be sure to join the. Join you virtual Skype or something. We'll get you in on the next uh, meal we have over there.
1: Well, if you guys, and I would love that. If
0: if you guys would
1: be interested, uh, the European Chiropractic Union is having its um, convention, like the annual convention for the European chiropractic, uh, uh, all European chiropractic countries. So like the Netherlands, Germany, France, Spain, England, blah, 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 Norway, Denmark, everything over here. Um, So they're having a big conference here in Utrecht in May. So, if you guys would like to take your podcast on the road and do maybe do a panel, that might be something fun to do. And plus, it would get you over here as a nice business trip.
0: Absolutely, that's the plan. And uh, when I hang out with Bob later today, we'll uh, we'll try and put down the calendar because I know he and I have been trying to figure out days and times to get over there. And uh, I'm ready to to jump into Europe. And just I what's that? May
1: twenty, May twenty-second, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. Uh, of May 2020 in Uchdeck, uh European Chiropr- uh, Chiropractic Union uh, big conference. Nothing like if you've gone to let's say Life uh, Life um, big homecoming. That's probably going to be bigger. There's more chiropractors. All of Europe is probably small or smaller than that. So uh, most of us don't know the United States is uh, huge and and very very lucky and fortunate to have so many uh, fantastic chiropractors. Uh, such as yourself, such as Dr. Godura, Dr. Bacon, who are not just cracking backs. um, They're using information therapy to change the lives of your patients. And you you just feel the deal with a good chiropractic adjustment.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, man. I miss your adjustments and uh, can't wait to catch up with you in Europe. So I want to just thank all our listeners for uh, for dealing with our poor connection today because uh, I know we're dealing with uh, the Internet overseas, so a lot of the delays and uh, little uh, stutters digitally. But uh, I hope you got a lot out of this podcast. Um, if it's something that you learned something about and if something you think might help other people in your life influence them, send it to them, share with them. Um, you know, again, these podcasts are just like kerosene on my fire. Keep me, keep me burning hot so I can uh, just keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, I really want to thank Dr. Toulon for spending the afternoon with us because uh, we're about six hours apart. So I'm still in uh, my pajamas drinking coffee. He's uh, getting, getting his day started. So uh, listen, man, uh, love you, brother. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. I thank you, and uh, thank those for listening.
1: Hey, man, thank you. It's great to be here. Peace, love, and uh, plasticity. Guys all. Awesome. Oh, I will
0: be with you. Darky sweet to comes Oh, and I will be with you To feel California sun Oh, and I